fullback belly. Three tight ends, including Haydner. Kuhn is the fullback with the first and goal. Kuhn gets the ball. Pile Absolutely thrilled to be welcoming Nick Underhill today to the Fantasy Fullback Dive. He's one of the most quoted fantasy sources for all things New Orleans Saints. As a writer for the New Orleans Advocate, host the podcast Saints Talk. Find it at saintstalk.com. Guys, extremely knowledgeable, all things Saints. Very well respected in the industry. He's here to give us all his takes from Mike Thomas. Is he going to be a dominant target hog yet again to... Alvin Kamara, is he going to step up in Ingram's absence? And if not, who could fill that gap to Cam Meredith? I mean, so many interesting moving pieces here. How's this guy, a Marquise Colston clone, fitting into the offense? What about their exciting rookie, Traquan Smith, at wide receiver? Is he going to be a penny stock? And good old man Ben Watson, how is he looking at 37, had past success with the Saints? Could he still emerge as a viable penny stock tight end? Tons of valuable stuff loaded up in this interview. Here you go now. And we are live with Nick Underhill of the New Orleans Advocate. He's also the host of the podcast Saints Talk, which you can find at saintstalk.com. Nick, how are you doing today? Hey, I'm doing well. Thanks for having me. Thanks for coming on. We really appreciate it. Let's get right down into it. Uh, some of the biggest news out of New Orleans this offseason was Mark Ingram's four-game suspension for PEDs. We know he's already tried appealing it, been denied, and now there's a serious backfield void for those first four weeks. So we've got a couple questions about that one, and the first being, does this impact rookie sensation Alvin Kamara at all? Will he inherit a, cut, like a solid chunk of this work, or is he going to be similarly used to begin the season? I think he'll probably get a, a little more work. I mean... In the Sean Payton era, I don't think – I think last year in maybe 2006, Deuce McAllister, they both – Ingram and, and McAllister both averaged a little bit more than 14 yards per – or 14 carries per game. I don't see them busting that trend that much. I think they want to be careful with, with how much they use Alvin throughout the season. I would guess maybe 20 touches per game, which is kind of about where it was at the end of the season last year, the last three games. He had actually moved ahead Ingram a little bit you know, in touches per game over those last three. So I think it'd probably be something like that. And then, you know, they'll try to find someone else to step up and kind of fill in, you know, some of those other carries. But as far as, you know, him becoming like a a carries monster or anything like that, I don't see that happen in those first four games. And that's kind of a perfect segue then to the next one is who would step up then and kind of share that role in those first four games? Is there anybody kind of emerging? Who are the candidates and kind of who do you see as the favorite to take that role over? I don't know uh, when this is coming out. We, we might have some more clarity after uh, Friday's game against Arizona. Uh, right now, I would say the momentum's behind Jonathan Williams. I, I don't want to say he's the front runner. I'm not sure there is a front runner yet. It, it's been kind of hard to evaluate that because – they haven't tackled to the ground in practice. And you, you kind of look at last year. We knew Kamara was was good during training camp. He had some good carries and everything. Had no idea he was special until kind of got into the preseason and then into the season because the thing that made him really good is that he's impossible to tackle. So without kind of seeing that in practices, it, it's been hard to gauge. You know, if you asked me a week ago, I, I would have said Terrence West was, was maybe the front runner, but then he got in this game and it, it was unimpressive. And then Williams came in at the end of the game and he looked really good. I 
So I think they need to see him against better competition, you know, ones and twos on the defensive side and then maybe behind a better offensive line. But it looks like, you know, if I had to guess today, he'd kind of be the guy, but, you know, he might squander that opportunity against Arizona. And if let's say he comes in and kind of dominates for those first four weeks, looks really good, would that impact Ingram at all coming back from the suspension? Or would he kind of just be inserted right back into the role he had last year? Is there any way to predict that? What are your thoughts on it? I want to tell you that's a crazy thought, and it's not Stephen bring up. And I, I would have told you that last year. You know, hey, what happens to Willie Sneed after those first couple games when he's, you know, he's suspended for the DUI, and then Willie, who who I thought was maybe one of the most important players in the offense, just due to his chemistry with with Breeze, gets replaced completely and never reclaims his spot at all throughout the whole season. Probably one of the big bigger mysteries that that still remain around this team, and someday. I hope that, uh, you know, Sean Payton explains that maybe after he retires or, or whatever, like, because I would love to know what happened because that made no sense to me. So, I mean, is it impossible for a similar situation? Ingram's in the last year of his deal. If Jonathan Williams is amazing those first four games and they look at him as someone who can be part of the future, you never know. I, I mean, you know, in these practices, I, I will say, like, you see Ingram take a handoff and he just looks completely different than any of these other guys that are trying to, to step up and, and take his place. But you know, you never know. And the last running back, just before we move into kind of the, the aerial attack, is Boston Scott, the, the rookie coming in this year. Just an intriguing talent. Has he looked good in camp? Is there any uh, chance of him carving out a role in this offense? What have you seen from him? Yeah, I, th- I think he's going to get better reps, too, moving forward throughout the uh, the preseason. He's, uh, you know, he, he's intriguing. He he runs well. He moves well. He, he's had some flash plays. I think he's probably a better pass catcher than probably, you know, anybody but Shane Vereen as far as those other guys kind of competing to get in. And he's also in the mix for the uh, the kick return role, and he had a good return last week against Jacksonville. I think Brandon Tate's probably a little bit ahead, but they're going to try a ton of guys out in that role. And, I mean, it, it's not it's not unreasonable to think that Scott could potentially, you know, that could be his way onto the roster. And then if he sticks, I could see him doing some things in, in the running game for sure. Thanks for all that analysis. And now let's talk about the the pass game a little bit, which was obviously last year much different than we've seen many years prior. So since 2010, I did a little digging. Seven straight seasons, the Saints never were below uh, number seven in passing play percentage or 62%. But last year, behind that high-powered backfield we've been talking about, they fell all the way to 20th in passing game play percentage with 56.3%. And Breeze also only had, uh, he had his lowest touchdown total since 2003 and had a streak of 30 32 or more TDs broken, a nine-season streak of that. So the, the air game got taken out a little bit just because of how successful that running game is. Do you see that changing at all in this 2018 season, or is it kind of a it ain't broke, don't fix it type of situation? I think that's probably two things. Uh, you know, the, the defense, if the defense is as good as it was last year, I think they're going to try to remain as balanced as, as they were. And I, I think that defense is more talented than it was you know, I, or I think it should be more talented this year than it was last year. Uh, Marcus Williams, the safety. I mean, a lot of people probably just remember him from the one play against Minnesota, but he had five picks during the season. He really, really good rookie year. And he's come back and like his instincts and everything. He's like, man, you, you could argue that he's one of the two or three best players in their camp right now. And if they have a free safety going like that and Mark Marshawn Lattimore takes the next step and he can shut down his side even more than he did last year after allowing a, uh, 45 passer rating against I mean there's not a whole lot of field to work with and now they added Demario Davis to the linebacker core they haven't had a linebacker with range in probably four or five years 
unless you count the couple games that Danelle Ellerby played in, you know, their pass rush looks better. So if all those things come together, I think their offense might kind of remain in the same place. And then also that disparity in the pass slash run. I mean, a lot of those passes that their screen game was as prolific as it's probably been at any point in the last 12 years. It was a ton of screen passes last year. And, you know, those are essentially an extension of the running game. So, you know, that, that run pass disparity is, is really, really, really crazy when you think about it. I mean, they, their offensive philosophy just changed so much last year. And, you know, if, in the perfect world, if, you know, if they're throwing a lot more than they were last year, that means, you know, it's great for fantasy owners. It means the Saints probably suck and their defenses went in the tank and, you know, they're, they're not winning games. So, you know, I, they're hoping to be balanced and I'm guessing the guys, you know, drafting their weapons are, are hoping that they aren't. But yeah, uh, one weapon that's definitely going to be highly drafted other than the run game we've talked about is Michael Thomas. He's been an absolute monster these last two seasons since joining the league, kind of the clear cut number one guy these past two years as well. Even though his five touchdowns last year, are a little bit disappointing, but so many yards, so many catches, you can't really complain. How's he looking right now? Is he going to kind of maintain that dominant wide receiver one role? Is there any chance more touchdowns happen? What do you think of Michael Thomas in his third year here? Yeah, he he somehow looks even more physical than he has been the last two years, and that's kind of the nature of his game. But I, he like I don't know. He he just looks looks stronger and more explosive than than he has the last the last couple of years coming into a season. I do think that the uh, the touchdowns are a little bit of a disparity. Uh, you know, five just seems. I, it's kind of like hard to even fathom how that happened because he's he's definitely their best target down in that area of the field. So I, I would expect that probably to go up a little bit. You know, it's going to be interesting, though. Like, does he hold steady? Does he improve? Does he drop back? I, you know, if I had to bet on it, I, I would probably bet on the numbers taking a little bit of a step back. You know, it, there's just never – that was the first time ever that, that one guy has ate up so many targets. And, you know, the argument is, well, he's probably the best wide receiver that – the Saints have ever had, you know, in this Drew Brees era. It, and that's a fair argument, but I think if Cam Meredith is healthy and pans out, uh, Traquan Smith has looked really good. They, you know, Ben Watson is, you know, he, he's not, you know, a, a huge difference maker, but he's a tight end that can catch passes, which is something they didn't have last year. Like, in a lot of ways, Thomas was the only player, it felt like, it, you know, on this team. And then the other thing I would say, too, is at the start of last year, he wasn't really treated like a number one receiver by a lot of teams. That week one game against Minnesota, you know, they didn't have roads on him really at all. You know, he played a side and a couple times they matched up. And then by the end of the season, you were starting to see more teams gear their coverage towards him. Rhodes, you know, matched out or shadowed him in the playoffs. And I just think moving forward, he's going to garner more of that respect league wide. You know, he's not he's not nobody's sleeping on him anymore. So. I just think a lot of those different factors like could lead to him not getting, what was it, 149 targets. I, I could just see that number going down a little bit. And you mentioned a lot of names that do intrigue me. They've added a lot of weapons there. Cam Meredith probably being the most intriguing if he can get on the field. We kind of love his potential as a, a Marquise Colson almost body and style of play. Uh, I don't know if there's a, a way to really assess him, though, because I know he's been missing a lot of time. But what do you expect from him being in this offense and what kind of impact do you think he could have with the Saints? Yes, that that's kind of the problem. Uh, you know, you, you look at his tape and the stuff he did two years ago. He he looks like the type of player that would fit him perfectly in this offense in that role, kind of in the slot. You know, that's another thing with Thomas who he got a lot of targets out of the slot and it kind of got him off some of that coverage every now and then. And if they have Meredith in there, he he might not get those same amount of looks. So that that's another thing. Maybe working against Thomas, repeating his numbers, but because I say that, he'll probably blow those numbers out of the water. But yeah, I 
I do think uh, Meredith could be in that role if he's if he's healthy and he comes back. Uh, yesterday, I don't even know what day of the week it is. Wednesday on Wednesday was his first time back from a, a strained oblique, so it wasn't the knee that was keeping him out of practice, which which is a good thing. But you know, when he's been out there, he he's looked good. It's just we haven't seen a whole lot of him out there. But he's definitely you know if you if you can get him, he, he's somebody that seems like could be could be a good value pick. And I could see him having a, a good year here as long as, you know, he is healthy. Do you consider him being kind of the number two on the target totem hole behind or totem pole behind um, behind Thomas? Or would, you know, somebody else like Ted Ginn, who had a solid but unspectacular debut last year, still maintain that number two role, do you think? So tough to say. I mean, Traquan Smith has been so good, too, that I could see him, you know, that there's there's a scenario where, if he makes that run up, I, I feel like Traquan and Cam Meredith, they're kind of more like in direct competition with one another. It, and there is some overlap between Traquan and, and Ted Ginn because Traquan can get deep and do some of that stuff too. But I feel like, you know, the Saints have always kind of had that burner, you know, the, the Devery Henderson type. I feel like that's that's kind of like Ted Ginn. He's in that role. So, it, and Traquan, man, like there were stretches during this camp, you know, weeks at a time where it just felt like he had like two, three incredible highlights every single day. He's maybe come back to earth a little bit, but he, he's still showing up quite often. And if Meredith isn't playing, there, there's a scenario where, you know, Traquan jumps ahead of him. And then, you know, in some of these looks when, when they're two receivers, he could be the other guy out there. So it, it's that that's a tough one to gauge. I, I really I really think it's it's a three-headed racer. Could you just describe Traquan just a little bit for some of our listeners who might not be aware of him? I know he's the rookie that came in, but kind of what's his, his motto? Is he a speed guy? Is he a big body? Uh, in case you know any of our listeners don't know exactly who Traquan Smith is yet, could you maybe just paint a little picture of him for us? I think he's probably a guy that does a little bit of – Everything. I, I don't know if he's special at anything yet. You know, that that's to be determined. But, you know, he, he runs the whole route tree. He can get deep, makes contested catches. I, I think last year in college, I, I think he, he led the nation in yards per reception. And, you know, some of that's, you know, the, their their offense that they ran. It's, you know, no huddle. He was getting some, some advantageous looks. But, you know, he, he was getting deep and he, it's just he, he runs the trees. He's competitive. He just he just looks like a, a very very good player and I don't want to like you know compare him to Mike Thomas or anything but like there were stretches where where his dominance like kind of made me think back to that first camp now Mike sustained it from day one to, to day 28 or whatever it was and it was every single day and then every single day he had like an insane highlight and it was it was a like a super incredible camp but I mean there's some isolated moments like where where it kind of felt like like he had that momentum behind him and like I said he's come back to earth a little bit but I, I think he's going to be impactful throughout the season I don't know you know how does that manifest is it you know coming into this if you kind of look back at, at the old Saints offenses I would have guessed that maybe he would have been like Robert Meacham you know in 2009 and kind of like the fourth guy that comes in and gets 600 and some yards 700 yards but you know may, maybe there's a chance he does a little bit more than that Awesome. And then the uh, last guy in the pass-catching core is kind of old faithful Ben Watson. You mentioned he's returned, and I know he's now 37 years old, kind of doesn't seem quite the ridiculous athlete he used to be, but still been a reliable guy for the Ravens last year, and then just two seasons ago was a, a very reliable threat for um, for the Saints. 7-4 catch, 825 yards, and 6 TDs. Do you expect them to recreate any of that type of magic, or uh, what are you seeing from Watson so far? 
He's been uh, steady as ever so far. I mean, he, he was he was hurt too, but he came back and kind of picked right up where he left off, and it just kind of looks like Ben Watson. And you know, the thing I would the biggest thing I would say he has working for him is that you know th- there's a lot of tight ends in this camp, and you know someone I don't you know Dan Arnold it, it, he's a converted wide receiver. He's somewhat of intrigue like as a possible flex. I don't think that impacts Ben much, but like all the other guys, you know Josh Hill, Who Man. Uh, and then they got another rookie, Deion Yelder, and then Garrett Griffin. He's kind of you know hung around for a few years as, as a UDFA. None of these guys have stepped up really at all, and I think that's the kind of kind of the thing the Saints were looking for is hoping that someone would kind of step up and, and claim a role, and then that could potentially you know cut into some of Watson's targets. I haven't seen that happen at all. I feel like it's there's Ben, and then there's everybody else, and it's flat. So it seems like he's probably going to have a good amount of opportunities and. When Drew Brees trusts his tight end, that tight end typically puts up decent numbers. And I think him and uh, Watson do have that level of trust. Like you said, at 37, what does that look like by the end of the year? You know, I I don't know, but he he can still move and he's still making catches. And he's getting undrafted in fantasy leagues right now. So that's someone that's got to be on radars. Uh, Is there anybody else that we haven't discussed yet that should be on any fantasy radars? I know we've covered pretty much everybody that I can think of. Anybody else that should be on our radars, though? Yeah, I, I think I just kind of mentioned, I, I don't know, you know, if you can pick him up and stash him or just keep an eye on him once the season starts. Uh, Dan Arnold just, you know, is that flex tight end. If he does manage to make the team, he might or might not. But, you know, in that two-minute offense, you know, that, that that's kind of where Kobe Fleener got all his yards, all his touchdowns. And if Arnold can, you know, block just enough to justify a spot on the team, I, I could see him getting some of those targets. Awesome. And last question here would be, what is your just predictions for the Saints coming off a great year last year? What's your predictions for the season as a whole? And then just the NFC uh, South as well in 2018. Ooh, uh, I would, I'll pick the Saints to win it at 11 and five. Uh, you know, I, I think honestly, if they're in like the final four of the, of the NFC, that's a disappointing season for them. I think the expectations are that high and I know everybody else in the division is, or in the conference has gotten better. So it's going to be a tall task, but you know, I, I would pick them to win the, the South, and then I don't know who I would take next. Uh, Carolina, maybe. I don't know. It's, it's always so tight. It could be anybody. Not the Bucks. I'll just say not the Bucks in, in the second spot. Right. Awesome. Well, Nick, thanks so much for the time. Uh, we really appreciate it, and enjoy the rest of camp in the 2018 season. All right. Thanks for having me, man. What another great interview from Nick Underhill for this episode of On the Fantasy Beat. Nick, thanks again for joining us. Some insane, valuable stuff here. Mike Thomas looking more dominant than he ever has before, yet still might regress a little bit because there's more target competition, more defensive attention potentially, or he could just flat out explode. Who knows? Mark Ingram, obviously the four-game suspension. Jonathan Williams right now emerging as the favorite, a great penny stock to consider in that absence right now, but Mark Ingram, I guess, is clearly a step ahead of all those guys, so I know there's lots of rumors. What if they shine? Would they trade Ingram? Seems like even if the Saints are pretty crazy in the past with guys like Willie Sneed, as Underhill pointed out, he's still a lock for that big back role once he returns, keeping him a locked-in fifth-round value play right now. Cam Meredith could have humongous upside, as Underhill mentioned 
but more importantly, penny stocks. Traquan Smith and Ben Watson, both guys that are very minimally on fantasy radars right now, radars right now, should absolutely be getting more attention, especially Watson. He's already got that history. He's already got that success. And as Underhill said, no other tight ends nipping at his heels at all. He's really just the dominant guy, even at 37. So again, tons of great stuff. This is On the Fantasy Beat, a production of Roto Street Journal. You can find us at rotostreetjournal.com. This is a segment from the Fantasy Fullback Dive, our homepage, ffbdpod.com. That's ffbdpod.com. Great stuff. Episode notes for all of these that you can find bonus material, videos, tons of great stuff. So check out our podcast site as well. And of course, find me on all the socials, Roto Street Wolf on Twitter and Snapchat, Roto Street Journal on Facebook and Instagram, and Roto ST Journal on Twitter and Snapchat as well. Hit us up on all your favorite spots to do your social things. Thanks for listening to Wolfpack. Hope you found this episode as valuable as I did. Peace. We used to have it all, but now's our curtain call. So hold for the applause. Oh, oh, oh. And wave out to the crowd and take our final bow. Oh, it's our time to go, but at least we stole the show. 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 Second effort, third effort, touchdown! Oh. That's pretty awesome. That's old-fashioned football right there, folks.